section twenty two of dedications this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. dedications by mary elizabeth brown to relatives part one the countess of pembroke's arcadia by sir philip sidney fifteen ninety to my dear lady and sister the countess of pembroke here now have you most dear and most worthy to be most dear lady this idle work of mine which i fear like the spider's web will be thought fitter to be swept away than worn to any other purpose for my part in very truth as the cruel fathers among the greeks were wont to do to the babes they would not foster i could well find in my heart to cast out in some desert of forgetfulness this child which i am loath to father but you desired me to do it and your desire to my heart is an absolute commandment now it is done only for you only to you if you keep it to yourself or to such friends who will weigh errors in the balance of good will i hope for the father's sake it will be pardoned perchance made much of though in itself it have deformities for indeed for severer eyes it is not being but a trifle and that trifling handled your dear self can best witness the manner being done in loose sheets of paper most of it in your presence the rest by sheets sent on to you as fast as they were done in some a young head not so well stayed as i would it were and shall be when god will having many fancies begotten in it if it had not been in some way delivered would have grown a monster and more sorry might i be that they came in than that they get out but his chief safety shall be the not walking abroad and his chief protection the bearing the livery of your name which if much good will do not deceive me is worthy to be a sanctuary for a greater offender this say i because i know the virtue so and this say i because it may be ever so or to say better because it will be ever so read it then at your idle times and the follies your good judgment will find in it blame not but laugh at and so looking for no better stuff than as in an haberdasher's shop glasses or feathers you will continue to love the writer who doth exceedingly love you and most most heartily praise you may long live to be a principal ornament to the family of the sydneys your loving brother philip sydney miscellanea meditations memoratives by elizabeth grimeston sixteen o four to my loving son bernie grimeston my dearest son there is nothing so strong as the force of love there is no love so forcible as the love of an affectionate mother to her natural child there is no mother can either more affectionately shew her nature or more naturally manifest her affection than in advising her child out of her own experience to eschew evil and incline them to do that which is good thou seest my love hath carried me beyond the list i resolved on 
and by asking head and trembling hand have rather a will to offer than ability to afford further discourse wherefore with as many good wishes to thee as good will can measure i abruptly end desiring god to bless thee with sorrow for thy sins thankfulness for his benefits fear of his judgments love of his mercies mindful of his presence that living in his sphere thou mayest die in his favor rest in his peace rise in his power remain in his glory for ever and ever thine assured loving mother elizabeth grimeston quoted from wheatley's dedication of books an exposition of the dominical epistles and gospels used in our english liturgy by john boys doctor of divinity sixteen fifteen to the virtuous and worthy knight sir john boys of canterbury my very good uncle grace and peace sir you did first plant my studies archbishop white gift that president of piety watered them and god gave increase to god as to the fountain of all goodness i consecrate all that i have to your happy memories as to the conduits of much good i dedicate this ensuing postal especially to yourself surviving as to my best patron in cambridge where the foundation of this work was laid unto yourself as to the chief procurer of that small benefice where the frame was raised unto yourself as to the lively pattern of that doctrine which is here delivered accept it as your own for it bears your name and resembling you much endeavors to honor you long so you shall encourage me daily to lessen my debt to the church and increase mine obligations to yourself that living and dying i may continue your most bounden nephew john boys poems by charles lamb of the india house included in poems by s t coleridge to which are now added poems by charles lamb and charles lloyd seventeen ninety seven the dedication the few following poems creatures of the fancy and the feeling in life's more vacant hours produced for the most part by love in idleness are with all a brother's fondness inscribed to mary ann lamb the author's best friend and sister lamb wrote in a letter to coleridge november fourteenth seventeen ninety six i mean to inscribe them the poems to my sister it will be unexpected and it will give her pleasure there is a monotony in the affections which people living together or as we do now very frequently seeing each other are apt to give in to a sort of indifference in the expression of kindness for each other which demands that we should sometimes call to our aid the trickery of surprise of the poems he goes on to say that he has taken his leave of love a passion which has reigned so royally so long within me i am wedded coleridge to the fortunes of my sister and my poor old father the tragic murder of her mother by mary lamb in a fit of insanity had occurred in september of this year and mary lamb was still in restraint at the time of this dedication queen mab by percy bush shelley eighteen thirteen to harriet whose is the love that gleaming through the world wards off the poisonous arrows of its scorn whose is the warm and partial praise 
virtues most sweet we roared beneath whose looks did my reviving soul riper in truth and virtuous daring grow whose eyes have i gazed fondly on and loved mankind the more harriet on thine thou wert my purer mind thou wert the inspiration of my song thine are these early wildling flowers though garlanded by me then press into thy breast this pledge of love and know though time may change and years may roll each floweret gathered in my heart it consecrates to thine there is a little doubt as to which harriet shelley meant harriet grove with whom he was in love in eighteen ten when medwin thinks the poem was written or harriet shelley the poet's first wife if written for the first harriet the dedication was nevertheless allowed to stand in eighteen thirteen when only harriet shelley could have been understood to mary shelley his second wife the poet dedicated his witch of atlas written in eighteen twenty four though the dedication was not published until the edition of eighteen thirty nine history of the reign of ferdinand and isabella by william h prescott eighteen thirty eight to the honorable william prescott l l d the guide of my youth my best friend in riper years these volumes with the warmest feelings of filial affection are respectfully inscribed pilgrims of the rhine by lord lytton eighteen forty to henry lytton bulwer allow me my dear brother to dedicate this work to you the greater part of it namely the tales which vary and relieve the voyages of gertrude and trivelian was written in the pleasant excursion we made together some years ago among the associations some sad and some pleasing connected with the general design none are so agreeable to me as those that remind me of the friendship subsisting between us and which unlike that of near relations in general has grown stronger and more intimate as our footsteps have receded farther from the fields where we played together in our childhood i dedicate this work to you with the more pleasure not only when i remember that it has always been a favorite with yourself but when i think that it is one of my writings most liked in foreign countries and i may possibly therefore have found a record destined to endure the affectionate esteem which this dedication is intended to convey yours etc e l b london april twenty three eighteen forty a start in life by honore de balzac eighteen forty two to lore to whose bright and modest wood i owe the idea of this scene hers be the honor her brother de balzac a residence of eight years in persia among the nestorian christians by the reverend justin perkins eighteen forty three to a mother who in widowhood age infirmity and dependence gave her son to the missionary work this volume is affectionately inscribed by that son poems by elizabeth barrett eighteen forty four dedication to my father when your eyes fall upon this page of dedication and you start to see to whom it is inscribed your first thought will be of the time far off when i was a child and wrote verses and when i dedicated them to you who were my public and my critic of all that such a recollection implies of saddest and sweetest to both of us 
it would become neither of us to speak before the world nor would it be possible for us to speak of it to one another with voices that did not falter enough that what is in my heart when i write this will be fully known to yours and my desire is that you who are a witness how if this art of poetry had been a less earnest object to me it must have fallen from exhausted hands before this day that you who have shared with me in things bitter and sweet softening or enhancing them every day that you who hold with me over all sense of loss and transiency one hopes by one name may accept the inscription of these volumes the exponents of a few years of an existence which has been sustained and comforted by you as well as given somewhat more faint-hearted than i used to be it is my fancy thus to seem to return to a visible personal dependence on you as if indeed i were a child again to conjure your beloved image between myself and the public so as to be sure of one smile and to satisfy my heart while i sanctify my ambition by associating with the great pursuit of my life its tenderest and noblest affection yours e b b london fifty wimpole street eighteen forty four elizabeth barrett's marriage with robert browning a marriage that led to a permanent estrangement with her father took place two years later the bell by the reverend alfred gaddy eighteen forty eight to her who for long has heard the bell with me and shared in its gay and grave associations the companion of my life and partner of my fortunes this small volume is with all affection inscribed an art student in munich by anna mary howitt eighteen fifty four to my beloved parents whose keen love of nature and of all that is pure and true in life first implanted the artist's aspiration within my soul the following pages are affectionately inscribed hypatia by charles kingsley eighteen fifty four to my father and my mother my dear parents when you shall have read this book and considered the view of human relationships which is set forth in it you will be at no loss to discover why i have dedicated it to you as one paltry witness of an union and of a debt which though they may seem to have begun with birth and to have grown with your most loving education yet cannot die with death but are spiritual indefeasible eternal in the heavens with that god from whom every fatherhood in heaven and earth is named c k one word more by robert browning eighteen fifty five to e b b there they are my fifty men and women naming me the fifty poems finished take them love the book and me together where the heart lies let the brain lie also love you saw me gather men and women live or dead or fashioned by my fancy enter each and all and use their service speak from every mouth the speech a poem hardly shall i tell my joys and sorrows hopes and fears belief and disbelieving i am mine and yours the rest be all men's karshish cleon norbert and the fifty let me speak this once in my true person not as lipo roland or andrea through the fruit of speech be just this sentence pray you look on these my men and women 
take and keep my fifty poems finished where my heart lies let my brain lie also pour the speech be how i speak for all things not but that you know me though the moon's self here in london yonder late in florence still we find her face the thrice transfigured curving on a sky imprued with colour drifted over fiesola by twilight came she our new crescent of a hair's breadth full she flared it lamping saminiato rounder twixt the cypresses and rounder perfect till the nightingales applauded now a piece of her old self impoverished hard to greet she traverses the house roofs hurries with unhandsome thrift of silver goes dispiritedly glad to finish what there's nothing in the moon noteworthy nay for if that moon could love a mortal use to charm him so to fit a fancy all her magic tis the old sweet mythos she would turn a new side to her mortal side unseen of herdsman huntsman steersman blank to zoroaster on his terrace blind to galileo on his turret dumb to homer dumb to keats him even think the wonder of the moonstruck mortal when she turns round comes again in heaven opens out anew for worse or better proves she like some portent of an iceberg swimming full upon the ship it founders hungry with huge teeth of splintered crystals proves she as the paved work of a sapphire seen by moses when he climbed the mountain moses aaron nadab and abihu climbed and saw the very god the highest stand upon the paved work of a sapphire like the bodied heaven in his clearness shone the stone the sapphire of that paved work when they ate and drank and saw god also what were seen none knows none ever shall know only this is sure the sight were other not the moon's same side born late in florence dying now impoverished here in london god be thanked the meanest of his creatures boasts two souls sides one to face the world with one to show a woman when he loves her this i say of me but think of you love this to you yourself my moon of poets ah but that's the world's side there's the wonder thus they see you praise you think they know you there in turn i stand with them and praise you out of my own self i dare to phrase it but the best is when i glide from out them cross a step or two of dubious twilight come out on the other side the novel silent silver lights and darks undreamed of where i hush and bless myself with silence oh their raphael of the dear madonnas oh their dante of the dread inferno wrote one song and in my brain i sing it drew one angel born see on my bosom this was originally appended to the second volume of men and women and though not strictly a dedication in form it is one in spirit english literature by henry reed eighteen fifty five to my widowed sister who for the sake of the living has nobly borne her sorrow for the dead this memorial volume is affectionately inscribed 
aurora lee by elizabeth barrett browning eighteen fifty six dedication to john kenyon esq the words cousin and friend are constantly recurring in this poem the last pages of which have been finished under the hospitality of your roof my own dearest cousin and friend cousin and friend in a sense of less equality and greater disinterestedness than romney's ending therefore and preparing once more to quit england i venture to leave in your hands this book the most mature of my works and the one into which my highest convictions upon life and art have entered that as through my various efforts in literature and steps in life you have believed in me borne with me and been generous to me far beyond the common uses of mere relationship or sympathy of mind so you may kindly accept in sight of the public this poor sign of esteem gratitude and affection from your unforgetting e b b thirty nine devonshire place october seventeenth eighteen fifty six mr kenyon died in december of this year readers of these letters do not require to be told how near and dear a friend he had been to both mrs browning and her husband during his life his friendship had taken the practical form of allowing them one hundred pounds a year in order that they might be more free to follow their art for its own sake only and in his will he left sixty five hundred pounds to robert browning and forty five hundred pounds to mrs browning these were the largest legacies in a very generous will the fitting end to a life passed in acts of generosity and kindness to those in need from the letters of e b browning two two forty one grace truman by sally rochester ford eighteen fifty seven to elizabeth t pitts my loved and venerated grandmother who beneath the weight of eighty years still cherishes with clear conception and unabated zeal those principles which in orphan childhood i learned from her lips this tribute to their advocacy is affectionately inscribed tent life in the holy land by william c prime eighteen fifty eight to the memory of nathaniel s prime our reverend and beloved father who while we were climbing the mountains of lebanon on the morning of the twenty-seventh day of march in the year eighteen hundred and fifty-six did ascend to the sublime and solemn company of the patriarchs and prophets of all time i dedicate this volume life of frederick william von stupin by frederick cap eighteen fifty nine to the memory of frederick ingalls late major-general in the prussian army and commandant of cologne on the rhine an honest man a brave soldier and a true friend this volume is dedicated by his grateful son-in-law the author liberty by john stuart mill eighteen fifty nine to the beloved and deplored memory of her who was the inspirer and in part the author of all that is best in my writings the friend and wife whose exalted sense of truth and right was my strongest incitement and whose approbation was my chief reward i dedicate this volume like all that i have written for many years it belongs as much to her as to me but the work as it stands has had in a very insufficient degree the inestimable advantage of her revision 
some of the most important portions having been reserved for a more careful re-examination which they are now never destined to receive were i but capable of interpreting to the world one half of the great thoughts and noble feelings which are buried in her grave i should be the medium of a greater benefit to it than is ever likely to arise from anything that i can write unprompted and unassisted by her all but unrivalled wisdom the angel in the house by coventry patmore eighteen sixty two this poem is inscribed to the memory of her by whom and for whom i became a poet the poet's journal by bayard taylor eighteen sixty three inscription to the mistress of cedarcroft the evening shadows lengthen on the lawn westward our immemorial chestnuts stand a mount of shade but o'er the cedars drawn between the hedgerow trees in many a band of brightening gold the sunshine lingers on and soon will touch our oaks with parting hand and down the distant valley all is still and flushed with purple smiles the beckoning hill come leave the flowery terrace leave the beds where the southern children wake to northern air let yon mimosas droop their tufted heads these myrtle trees their nuptial beauty wear and while the dying day reluctant treads from tree-top unto tree-top with me share the scene's idyllic peace the evening's close the balm of twilight and the land's repose come for my task is done the task that drew my footsteps from the chambers of the day that held me back beloved even from you that are my daylight for the poet's way turns into many a lonely avenue where none may follow he must sing his lay first to himself then to the one most dear last to the world come to my side and hear the poems ripened in a heart at rest a life that first through you is free and strong take them and warm them in your partial breast before they try the common error of song fame won at home is of all fame the best crown me your poet and the critic's wrong shall harmless strike where you in love have smiled wife of my heart and mother of my child lectures on the history of the jewish church by arthur penryn stanley eighteen sixty four to the dear memory of her by whose firm faith calm wisdom and tender sympathy these and all other labors have for years been sustained and cheered this work which shared her latest care is now dedicated in sacred and everlasting remembrance snowbound by john greenleaf whittier eighteen sixty six to the memory of the household it describes this poem is dedicated by the author the inmates of the family at the whittier homestead who are referred to in the poem were my father mother my brother and two sisters and my uncle and aunt both unmarried in addition there was the district schoolmaster who boarded with us the not unfeared half-welcome guest was harriet livermore daughter of judge livermore of new hampshire a young woman of fine natural ability enthusiastic eccentric with slight control over her violent temper which sometimes made her religious profession doubtful 
she was equally ready to exhort in schoolhouse prayer meetings and dance in a washington ballroom while her father was a member of congress she early embraced the doctrine of the second advent and felt it her duty to proclaim the lord's speedy coming with this message she crossed the atlantic and spent the greater part of a long life in travelling over europe and asia she lived some time with lady hester stanhope a woman as fantastic and mentally strained as herself on the slope of mount lebanon but finally quarrelled with her in regard to two white horses with red marks on their backs which suggested the idea of saddles on which her titled hostess expected to ride into jerusalem with the lord a friend of mine found her when quite an old woman wandering in syria with a tribe of arabs who with the oriental notion that madness is inspiration accepted her as their prophetess and leader at the time referred to in snowbound she was boarding at the rocks village about two miles from us whittier's note the innocence abroad by mark twain eighteen sixty nine to my most patient reader and most charitable critic my aged mother this volume is affectionately inscribed a memoir of the rev sydney smith by his daughter lady holland eighteen sixty nine this memoir of my father the preparation for which was the constant occupation of my mother's life and the completion of which was the most earnest object of her desire both in her life and at her death which nothing but her earnest desire could have given me courage to attempt i now dedicate to her memory believing it to be the most grateful tribute i can offer on her grave among my books by james russell lowell eighteen seventy to f d l love comes and goes with music in his feet and tunes young pulses to his round delays love brings thee this will it persuade thee sweet that he turns proser when he comes and stays memorials of captain headley vickers ninety seventh regiment by catherine marsh eighteen seventy this record of the faith of a son is affectionately inscribed to her whom god graciously chose to sow in his young heart its first imperishable seed music and morals by the rev hugh r howweiss eighteen seventy one to my wife whose pen has saved me so much labor and to whose pencil i owe all the illustrations facsimiles and diagrams in this volume i dedicate these studies of my leisure hours doings of the bodley family in the town and country by horace scudder eighteen seventy five to sylvia and ethel they came by night at the turn of the year one was dark and one was fair it would have been lonely for one to be here so both came down the heavenly stair charles kingsley his letters and memories of his life edited by his wife eighteen seventy six dedicated to the beloved memory of a righteous man who loved god and truth above all things a man of untarnished honor loyal and chivalrous gentle and strong modest and humble tender and true pitiful to the weak yearning after the erring stern to all forms of wrong and oppression yet most stern toward himself who being angry yet sinned not 
whose highest virtue were known only to his wife his children his servants and the poor who lived in the presence of god here and passing through the grave and gate of death now liveth unto god for evermore memoir of norman macleod by donald macleod eighteen seventy six dedicated to his mother now in her ninety-first year in affectionate remembrance of all that her children and her children's children owe to her influence the amateur immigrant by robert l stevenson eighteen seventy nine to robert allen mowbray stevenson our friendship was not only founded before we were born by a community of blood but is in itself as old as my life it began with our early ages and like a history has been continued to the present time although we may not be old in the world we are old to each other having so long been intimates we are now widely separated a great sea and continent intervening but memory like care mounts into iron ships and rides post behind the horseman neither time nor space nor enmity can conquer old affection and as i dedicate these sketches it is not to you only but to all in the old country that i send the greeting of my heart r l s poems by father abram j ryan eighteen eighty these simple rhymes are laid as a garland of love at the feet of his mother by her child the author ben hur by lou wallace eighteen eighty to the wife of my youth who still abides with me idols of norway and other poems by hamar horth boyson eighteen eighty two to l k b i fain would praise thee with surpassing praise to whom my soul's first allegiance gave for thou art fair as thou art wise and brave and like the lily that with sweet amaze rocks on its lake and spreads its golden rays serenely to the sun and knows not why thou spreadest the tranquil splendor of thine eye upon my heart and fillest the happy days brimmed with the fragrance and the light of thee mute was my life and chill ere thee it found like dumbly heaving waves it rolled along in voiceless wrestling on a barren sea until it broke with sudden rush of sound upon thy sunny shore in light and song the rose by h b l wanger eighteen eighty two i dedicate this book to my father george l wanger who has done so much to improve horticultural taste and inculcate a love for the beautiful he has ever taught and proved by his life that much of the purest happiness is found in active employment in the garden luther's leben by julius kostlin leipzig eighteen eighty two to my dear wife pauline with the words of luther god's best gift on earth is to have a peaceable good-tempered god-fearing and home-loving wife end of section twenty two